Hello and welcome to Coach Mark Manila's podcast. I am Coach Mark Manila, and I'm coming to you live from the Philippines. So it's great to have you with me. I'm from ESL, BusinessEnglishExperts.com and Initial-Impact.com. If you haven't already explored those sites, please do. Also sign up to my newsletter because it is packed full of support, resource services and other ideas and services that can help you live your best possible life. Whether you're a native English speaker looking to improve your performance skills, your confidence and your storytelling, perhaps you have to give a lot of presentations and you want to avoid death by PowerPoint. Maybe you're terrified of speaking in front of audiences or you're having to propel yourself into an international stage and not sure how to create the perfect sounding script for maybe a meeting, a presentation, a webinar, all of these things and more I can absolutely assist you with. And if you're a non-native speaker, again, welcome to you. I coach over 700 non-native speakers of English at the moment, and it is a delight to work with you all, whether you are in Korea, Germany, France, Dubai, Qatar, Saudi, I welcome you all. I don't think there's a time zone I haven't worked in, and I have a very busy schedule, um, sometimes rather exhausting, but it is amazing to work with you all and see how well you are all doing to go and live your best possible lives. If you're looking to get your job overseas, perhaps you need assistance with your OET, your IELTS training. Again, I can help you with that. You can get a free 30-minute session with me by Zoom, and you can join my academy for less than the price of a cup of coffee a day. Quite frankly speaking, there is no reason why you can't get anything you want in your life when you use my services and my support. Today, I'm going to be speaking more about my listeners in America. Now, this is fascinating. Um, I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback and information from my listeners in America, and you're falling into two different camps. Now, again, listen to that nice idiom. To fall into two different camps, that means uh, distinct segments, okay? Um, so when we look at it, I've got listeners who are non-native English speakers living or at least working at the moment um, in America. And then I also have a lot of native English speakers listening to me, particularly around the Washington area. So welcome to you all um, who I believe are listening to the podcast to try and improve your confidence, your presentation skills and your general um, pronunciation. When you're delivering performances or meetings, webinars, as I said, perhaps you're running seminars or having to speak in a public capacity. So a very warm welcome to both sets of listeners. And I'm sure there's other types in between as well. So if this is you and you are from that region, please do message me. Uh, the best way to reach me is Telegram. Let me know specifically why you are listening to the podcast and how I can help address any of those issues in my next podcast. And in fact, I throw that open to everybody listening. If you have a specific reason with regards to your English, your confidence, or your presentation skills that you're listening to me for, then please message me. That will be really welcome. Let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about next. This is your show. Okay, I'm just here trying to help you, giving you the best possible support I feel that you would need. But let me know and I will produce the content for you. Also, if you found anything I provide in my podcast of assistance to you on my website, please do feel free. Drop me a donation, buy me a cup of coffee because it enables me to keep these free for you. And also, I provide free, absolutely free support services to underdeprived or deprived individuals, shall we say, who are living in regions such as Africa, okay, Southeast Asia, and also South America. So thank you in advance for anything you can contribute to help me continue to do this for you and them. All right, so today I'm just going to deal with the first group of my English uh, listeners here, or non-native English listeners, as this is the case, from America. 
All right. So, um, yeah, let's talk about some of the challenges that you have, particularly when you are living um, in a country that is not your original country. So if we look at it, um, language is far more than just a grammar exercise. OK, um, it is totally not just about, OK, do I know all of the words? How much vocab do I know? Um, it's also about a sense of culture. Okay, how we frame ideas. We use language also to actually evolve our sense of self. Um, so often you will find um, that if you are living in a country that is not your original country of birth or origin, and you're using a language that is not your native language, it can impact you in two ways, actually doubly, I would say. Because, of course, everything that you've learned about yourself, your frame of reference, has been formed from your, your native country and your native language. Um, if we take people who have moved from China, um, Mexico, for example, um, the Philippines, lots of Filipinos listening. Hello, my lovely uh, Filipino brothers and sisters. It's great to, to see you checking me out as well. Um, many Italians as well, Polish people. Um, you are all ending up, a lot of you, in America. And of course, the culture is very different, very different to many of those countries I've just mentioned. I've got a lot of uh, Vietnamese uh, students as well who have relocated to America and Koreans as well. So these are really the main, um, the main nationalities who are making up the percentage of individuals in America who speak language um, other than English. Okay. Um, that is not your native language. So when we think about how you Turn um, reference to yourself, shall we say? Um, it's hard, isn't it? Because suddenly you're out of your own cultural norms and you're having to adapt to very new environments. I have a few Japanese students in in America as well at the moment. Uh, hello to you if you're listening as well. Um, and it is a challenge. It's a frustration, right? Because even though you're able to carry on an intelligent conversation on complex topics, for example, um, because if if you think about it. You might have great vocab, but you can still be lost in a world because you can't culturally relate to it. And that can impact on how you feel you're being heard or not. Okay, For those of you who really can't carry on an intelligent conversation on complex topics, which also might apply to you, it's even worse, isn't it? Because you just cannot communicate at the same level. You don't feel you're heard. And it's really frustrating. So I totally get that. Now, many times I do coaching for individuals who are transitioning to a new country to work. Sometimes your confidence may plummet, okay? Or the stress of just being heard or listened to is a huge challenge. Um, also, you listening to other people can be a huge challenge, all right? So let's look at the main challenges that you face um, as an international business professional and um, if you're working in a second language. So the first thing here is that, right, Different uh, countries dictate different kind of uh, realities, shall we say. The environment actually does shape a lot of things. So if you think about competency, politeness, social greetings, they all vary widely okay, in different languages. So if we look um, at, I don't know, how, how can we put it? The different languages, how we carry over the melody of our mother tongue into our new language can cause confusion, what I'm trying to say so in a previous podcast i've spoken obviously about many challenges faced by arabic speakers spanish speakers french speakers german speakers and when you carry your speech patterns um, over into a different country they can kind of 
come to a jarring halt. They don't work in the same way. Okay, and it makes you feel out of step. Listen to these words. These are lovely words for you to consider using in idioms. Um, so we all have rather awkward experiences where we're trying to take our melody, our speech pattern from our mother tongue in with a new language, and it can cause a few confusions to say the least. So that is the first issue, okay? Um, also, your constructions can be an issue because, of course, you're still maybe constructing um, as you would maybe in Arabic or Japanese, and that just does not translate. The, the rules and regulations for English are totally different. So that's the first thing that can really make you feel out of step, okay? The second thing is that speed and rhythm is very different to your mother tongue. So if we think about um, Chinese, urban Chinese, it's a very rapid fire pace, okay? Now, um, that's considered, okay, in China to be polite, well-mannered, okay? But if you take that same speech pattern to Canada and the US or even to Britain, to be honest, you, you can just feel like you've been, if you listen to that speech pattern there, you can feel like you just walked through rush hour in Beijing, right? Okay, you feel like you've been hit by a truck, okay? So it's too fast, it's too rapid fire, but of course that is considered very polite and well-mannered if you're from urban China. So you can see why when you, you go to, say, the UK or you go to Canada and you think, well, gracious, I don't know. People seem to think I'm not. They don't. They seem confused. They think I'm too fast. I'm rude. Right. OK. And that's not what you're trying to be at all. So that's a really important thing to, to consider and look about. OK. Look into. Um, the other thing is Hindi. So I work with many Indian um, students and clients very fast as well. Right. Urdu is a fast. OK. Fast language as well. So. The speed, if you carry the speed from your language to, say, English, it can cause confusion to the listener because they are accustomed to listening at a different pace. So, you know, often people come to me and you're saying to me, I need to know how to speak better. And I would say, OK, as well as working on that, we need to work out how you listen better. OK, that's really, I think, pivotal. Yeah, that's a great word, right? Pivotal, because everything around this turns around this. The pivot is the center, like a pivot of a wheel. The wheel turns around that central pivot. If the pivot is not right, the wheel can't turn. And it's the same here. You've got to get used to how do people speak in the now the country that you've gone to? How are they using English at that rhythm? And Canadians, USA, Australians, New Zealand, British, we will all have different paces of speaking. So you've got to adapt for each country. Ah, it's not just as simple as knowing English grammar and vocab and then just turned up. Okay. This is when we, we work at an advanced level. If you're, if you're talking about just learning how to be understood and learning grammar and pronunciation, great, fine, you'll be understood. But we're talking advanced business skills here. So if you want to do great business and come across smoothly and present well, you have to be able to deal with this okay, and get that bit right as well. We are taking it up a notch. And this is exactly what I do in my consultancy. As I say, I am not just an English teacher that call myself an English teacher that you know yeah plenty of people can teach you grammar and everything and teach you the speech patterns the speech muscles required your confidence your presentation the psychology of the words that you're going to use it's not just what you say it's how you say it as well okay so much more modulation intonation and that's why I welcome you to take a 30 minute session with me because once you experience it you will understand why I'm very different and how we get results for you and um, the next thing that we find is that the speech muscles contract in different patterns, right? So every language has a different pattern of consonants and vowels. We, 
addressed some of these in our previous podcast together. Um, if you think about it, there is kind of um, difference in the sound. So English, I would say, is spoken more at the front of the mouth, okay? Uh, but we have a wide open mouth. This is really important, okay? But if we look at Chinese, for example, it's not so, it either goes to one extreme or the other. Either sounds are made at the back of the mouth or they sit very far forward, okay? And um, if you think about it, there's a massive flexion, uh, flexation of your tongue and your lips, okay? Um, and when you try to do that, use the same mouth mechanics of your native language, right? But with English, sometimes it just doesn't work. Okay, um, Chinese speakers, you also don't have such, you don't open your mouth as widely, and then that causes a problem. Because without a wide open mouth, you cannot enunciate the English sounds correctly. Right? They get squashed. So we've got to look at your facial muscles, your cheek muscles, your tongue, your throat. Okay, they all have to adapt to new patterns and changes with your new language. And at first, you know, in a way, your abdomen does too. Now you're going to say, what has my abdomen got to do with it? A lot. If you put your hands on your stomach right now and say sounds like B, T, S, M, right? Feel how your hand is moving with each sound. Your abdomen is absolutely involved here. So if you, I know this sounds ridiculous, if you're doing a lot of practice and you're, <coughs> excuse me, trying to make these sounds, then, and you feel a bit like you're, stomach hurts this could be why if you're really practicing a lot right because it's like doing a workout you absolutely your voice is an instrument okay it's a muscle all of these parts of you okay have to adapt to new sounds and you will feel a little bit strange also it can mean that um with all of this change in your muscles the different speeds the rhythms okay you're gonna feel strange being you know speaking in a, another language um and honestly if you had a walk in a completely different way or run a different way that you do normally um in order just to have a conversation could you imagine if you did that all right then you'd have to meet the pace of the room imagine it like you're running so if you're from beijing and as we say you speak very rapidly then if you try to run at that speed with a load of other runners in a room who are say from britain all right you'd be running like a crazy person and they'd be like running at a slower speed so try to visualize it like this you need to adapt your speech pattern to the environment that you're in and deliver the English at that rate and you will be doing much better. Same in Canada, same in America, okay? And this is really what your body is doing, okay? When you switch from one language to another, you have to adjust the rate at which you are running at, okay? Now, all of this is kind of like part and embedded into you, okay? Because as we just said, your muscles are being involved here. Right, your throat, your mouth, your face, your abdomen, all of them. And this is also why you can feel like there's a sense of self is different. You'll also might sound different because of where you're putting the stresses in your voice. Your voice might sound different, right? Now, of course, there are cultural differences as well. But really, you've changed even the physicality of the way that you're using your language. Okay? And then if we compare, for example, um, in Japanese, and Polish, okay, we're using completely different sense of, of consonant patterns to say Canadian or British English, right? Okay. Um, like I say, Japanese, you'll have a completely different pace, the typical Canadian speak pacing. If you're speaking Arabic, the same there. So you've got to get familiar with this, okay? Also, every culture has a different kind of norm, right? Of how to, you know, express like respect, 
to say well done or give directions. Um, let me let me put it this way. My lovely Russian uh, student, um, I learned so much from you. Um, I had a great student, Vlad, if you're out there somewhere. <laughs> okay, Vlad and I lost touch. I hope you're doing okay, Vlad. Um, but a great guy. And he said to me, he said, you know, Mark, he said, look, um, if, a, if a Russian person congratulates you, they will do it with a very stern face. Okay, it's totally different. In the UK, if you were congratulating someone, you'd be like, well, well done. That's amazing. And you'd be smiling and you'd be really, you know, happy, right? But he said, no, in Russian, it'd be like, well done. That's a job well done. And you're monotone and you're more matter of fact and your face really doesn't change like a piece of stone. And this is what this is what Vlad said. He is a Russian. So he, he was telling me how it was. He was teaching me this. And I said, but why? And he said, well, here's the thing. He said, and another another Russian student confirmed this. He said, look, if in Russia you were like laughing and smiling and being more like the British and the Americans, he said, and this wasn't, uh, you know, not, uh, not attacking the British or Americans at all. Vlad was not doing that. But what he was saying is that you would be seen in Russia as being a little bit crazy, like you were saying, because typically within the culture, it's seen that you know, people who behave like that, there's something not right with them. Now, this is fascinating. I just thought, whoa, OK, so I'm probably the craziest guy in Russia if I go there, because <clears throat> that sense of like the, the positivity and the upbeat kind of communication and like smiling all the time, even if you don't feel like it, you know, at times you've got to put on a show. And the, the point is, in Russia, that would just be seen as, oh, no, not reliable. I don't think there's something right with this person. Bear that in mind. If you are a native English speaker going to Russia, or even a speaker of English as a second language, but going to Russia, you've got to adapt, as you just said, to the, the rate at which people run at, and also how their body gestures are. You've got to mimic the body gestures as well. Okay? You can't be taking up huge amounts of space, throwing your arms around there and laughing and joking and slapping people on the back, even if you do that, maybe in America, okay? because it just won't translate and it will actually be seen as a very negative thing. Whereas in your own country, like in America, it's seen as positive, like, wow, well done, go, go, right? Okay, you've got to be sensitive. And this is why I provide the cultural sensitivity training, the cross-cultural training. And of course, now we're looking at how do we get you to an advanced level with all of these issues that you're facing? Equally speaking, it's like here in the Philippines, okay? Um, people are more softly spoken with each other. Right? You wouldn't be so loud, all right? And where a British person may at times, many British people, if you're listening here, the Brits will agree with this, okay? At times, British people can use swear words, okay? not professionally, but certainly in like local kind of informal conversation with each other. And they, they can just swear. Now, they're not meaning to be offensive, well, not always, though I must admit some British people are, but that's another conversation, right, my fellow Brits? The point is this, in general, British people will use that a lot and not think anything of it. However, if you do that in the Philippines, it's considered the most offensive thing ever, ever. It's not just a case of, oh, you know, you, you, you use the low-level word, it's like, ah, oh, right? Okay, so there is a huge cultural difference, and if you do that, you'll be perceived as being rather uncouth, rather aggressive, uh, not a nice person, not somebody you want to associate with. But of course, in Britain, it's just actually it's used in, in many informal ways, particularly if you're with friends, to, to almost like playfully, playfully chat with them. So you've got to be really careful. OK, these are the things that you, you absolutely need to get hold of, because if you're going to make a nice assimilation, nice transition into a different country, you've got to be aware of how it is in that country. If this sounds like some of the challenges you're facing and you're thinking, gosh, this is why I don't feel like I fit in here. 
if you're struggling with this in America right now, I can help you. I'm helping lots of you to assimilate and transition and understand why perhaps your speech patterns or what you're saying or how you're saying it, your body language, your kind of thought processes about how business should and should not be done, it's impacting massively on your success of integrating across there. So if you would like some assistance from me, you can grab a 30-minute session. Also sign up to my newsletter. There's loads of tips and techniques in there. The links are all down below. And look, I just want to wish you all the very best. If you're trying to assimilate into a foreign country that's not your own, it is hard, okay? But you will get there. Every day is another chance to get it a bit bit better, right? Make a different, different impact. Um, Japanese speakers, just a quick one for you. Of course, deference and saving face is a big one. Okay, um, it's really important um, for you in your culture that that's what you do. But if you try to do that in, say, the Western culture, it's not going to be as understood. Um, and it will be seen as though almost you're not engaging as much, right? You're kind of more passive. So, again, we've got to speak about the pace of how you actually do business as well. Um, and when we look at people such as my lovely Filipino speakers, um, if you're speaking Tagalog or Filipino, and also Farsi, Hindi, um, Urdu, okay, you generally use a lot of very grandiose descriptions, all right, okay, I'm almost poetic, it's amazing. The problem is, um, you know, if you do that, if you do that in, say, Western language or cultures, you'll be seen as like faking forever, right, okay, and these grand statements, these are almost seem like this is way over the top, all right. Um, I remember when I read some items, not everywhere here, but some places, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is too dramatic. This is just, so the, the, the drama is definitely there. But of course, if you're writing for this audience here, then I have to equally adopt a dramatic tone, okay? I'm in your country. So I have to follow the pattern of what is acceptable in this country, okay? Just like if you go to say the UK, you've got to drop those those grandiose descriptions, right? You've just got to say things matter-of-factly, just get to the point. Um, if you do that though, of course here, you would be considered as rude, right? Okay, so you've got to have these glorious and intricate stories first, all right? <laughs> Which is possibly why things take a little bit longer, um, but it's just the pace of life. This is how it is, okay? And you've got to get used to that fact. Um, trying to fit, your ideals into another person's country might be interesting as a cultural exchange, but it can cause a whole host of problems. So if you really want to make a great first impression and integrate nicely and start to build good customer relationships or client relationships or promote your product, you've got to get up to speed with how that country works, okay? If you need help with that, I do cross-cultural training and I assist many people with that. It works exceptionally well. Suddenly, it's like somebody lifts lift the curtain and you can see why perhaps you've been struggling all this time. Okay, so I've been Coach Mark Minnelli. You've been fantastic for listening to me. Feel free to hit me up with any questions at all. That's a nice expression and I'll see you very soon. Take care. Hello, everybody. And sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to mention a few things that can help you. All right. So I want to help as many of you as possible. You can get a free 30 minute check of your English level, your OET, IELTS or any other things that you're trying to achieve here with me. If you're trying to pass your interviews, maybe you're attempting to get a job overseas. You would like to know how you're sounding and what a native speaker really would say. 
about your responses in an interview or an IELTS or OET test, for example. Um, check out that at eslbusinessenglishexperts.com. If you're looking more for career and immigration coaching and would like to discuss your plans, then you can hit me up over at initial-impact.com. But both of those sites, the links take you to the same end result, which is a booking page for 30 minutes free of charge to book your session, time and date you pick on Zoom. Also, if you're doing IELTS and OET and you would like help with your written or speaking tasks too, and you don't or can't have time to book a session with me in person on a live call, which again, I can do. You can get live one-to-one coaching on Zoom anytime you like. But if it's hard for you, then take advantage of my IELTS and OET written and spoken task service, which means that you buy credits, 10 credits, 10 tasks, and you can submit your spoken audio files to me for critique and review, and then I will respond within 36 hours with a full review of your transcript and to tell you where you sounded good, where it fell down, and the corrections, okay? And for your written IELTS and OET, again, you can select all the tasks on my booking site, which the links are all uh, all available. If you just go to eslbusinessenglishexperts.com, you can find all of these services there and follow the links. And what you'll be able to do is get a response from me within 36 hours with correction of your written task. And then you get a chance to do it again with the corrections I've suggested. And I will also expand and give some of the native phrases you might like to consider. So you're going to find out how to make yourself sound better, to hit the magical number um, that you need to get for a word count, to pass and get the higher grade, and also how to expand your sentences and create essays, because many students are struggling to know even how to, to create an academic layout of an essay. Um, you're going to fall down there too. When it comes to OET, it's slightly different, but the same process applies. We look at how you structure those referral letters and how you write the client and the patient notes. Okay, So it's very specific, depending on whether it's OET or IELTS. Um, I do it all. Me and my team, we are here to help you. Okay, So don't hesitate to reach out. And of course, please, 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 if you'd like to purchase any books, then you can get that from the bookstore links. Again, you'll find those all on the site. So good luck, everybody, and hope to help you soon.